Not long ago, in a far-off corner of a place called the Internet, a revolution was born. Forged in the fires of common experience, the survivors of a mysterious movie known only as A Talking Cat came together. Their purpose, to dissect this fascinating failure of a film and broadcast their findings through the cosmos in hopes that future generations might learn from their mistakes. Some would call them heroes, others would call them mad, but despite the grueling road ahead of them, the group would take up the Sisyphean task and become a talking cast? Are they adventurers, sinner as a savior's or Are they demented, love the punishments, I can't be sure But one thing I do know is that the mission here to force To make your life so hard that you'll be pissing on your kitchen floor Hello once again, welcome to A Talking Cast The A Talking Cat podcast that no one ever asked for But we're bringing it to you anyway I'm your host for this episode, Josh And with me is Darren Hello, Darren Hello And we're going to be discussing Minute 56 of A Talking Cat Um, So I guess we'll just jump right into it And talk about this action-packed minute, as it were I mean, it seems ridiculous that it's taken 56 minutes to get to it but we're in the middle of uh the plot i think is what you would call it yeah tina has disobeyed susan mid cheese puffs crisis and run off into the woods with phil which sounds worse than it is <laughs> trent is well i mean i'll let you get into it because i think i think um certainly the first half of this minute it's all about a trent and his his kind of relish yeah exactly so we open uh, we open with um, Trent and Susan in the kitchen, and Susan is dialing someone on her phone. Um, but then we hear a phone ring off screen, and uh, she immediately says, ah, and she left her cell phone here. And we can assume, having watched the previous 55 minutes of this movie, that <laughs> yes. she's probably talking about Tina. Yeah. And Trent, of course, you know, asks if she's in trouble. Susan says, of course, and Trent is very happy about this. Letting yeah. out a, a really, um, like you said, relishy sweet. Um, and, and the thing is, Susan, is, she's right in the moment because she is just angry. Up until now, she's like Trent has always been like the apple of her eye. Yeah. Like he's always been the favored child out of these two. And at this moment, she doesn't care for Trent. And <laughs> she, she, I mean, normally she kind of, she sides with Trent in, in almost every other argument that Tina and Trent have where she, where, well, well, Tina is basically bullying Trent and Susan keeps coming to to Trent's defense um but in this in this case she's not with Trent she's she's like no not sweet you know she's 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 only concerned about the investor meeting which I think has been going on for three or four days now (laughs) yeah it seems yeah it takes up a large chunk of this movie story but we don't really know the ins or outs of that investor meeting um aside from the fact that they really want cheese puffs yeah exactly I wrote a note investors heart cheese puffs because (laughs) because they and and of course you know it's been remarked upon probably in, in various other minutes how many times the word cheese puffs is uttered throughout this movie yeah this is like this is like the cheese puff stretch here because we had phil drop the cheese puffs uh which seemed to be the end of his and susan's budding relationship um (laughs) 
which is based on sharing two glasses of water. <laughs> uh, I don't know what they're putting in the water in this thing, but like they they've had some glasses of water that they shared that they've they've loved. Um, but he dropped the cheese puffs that were crucial to this investor meeting um, that's been going on forever, and he ran off. And now Susan is. I think she. I, I. I can't recall quite, but I think she instructed Tina to make some replacement cheese puffs. Yes, exactly. So, yeah. So then she, you know, is upset, of course, because the the cheese puffs are not made, and their investor meeting isn't going well. And Trent tries to kind of, you know, soothe her her concerns and say that <laughs> the Sims will understand. And then Susan says, <laughs> "The this weird point of, contra- of of contradiction, I guess, j- that comes up not even a minute, like not even a second later." She says yeah. that she doesn't know where Tina is, and then Trent yeah. asks, "You know, where is she, or do you know where she is?" And then Susan goes, "Yes, I have a pretty good idea." <laughs> like, yeah. like even like within the span of about three seconds, she magically realizes, "Oh, of course, I know where where um, Tina is." But we, yeah. we we jumped over we jumped over this really important moment that Trent <laughs> Trent says I'll find Tina you go make one batch of cheese puffs <laughs> and you what well, it sounds like you can nap before they finish I'm sure yeah but yeah. Trent is such a mumble mouth goon that you can't I can't understand what he's saying and I I don't think any, anybody can for the sake of this minute I've watched that 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 minute a few times and i could i it, to me it just sounds like nap no matter how many times i've heard it so i don't know what she's i think she's trying to calm susan down i mean it trent is is uh, once again mentions the sims saying <laughs> that they will understand which is just so uh, i find it weird that they've because i'm sure susan has said that the name of the investor like the name of the toy company it's owned by winnie sims <laughs> so i like it's like the, it's like one of those great um, unseen characters, like Meris from Frasier. It's like they keep talking about the Sims, and spoiler alert: we will never meet these people. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they, so it, they're just off-screen characters who are deciding the fate of Susan <laughs> and her kitchen, country pantry catering, or whatever. And, the and they and they decide to invest based on whether or not cheese puffs are present at their yeah. at their meetings. So it's like I don't know. I I don't think I see. I don't think it's the Sims investing, is it? I think the Sims are get. I mean, this is this is. I think I've mentioned this previous, but this is like the least suitable thing for a children's movie <laughs> because there's a lot of the plot hinges on the idea that kids will be interested in whether or not a catering company gets a contract <laughs> based on investors investing in a toy company. So it's not the Sims that, that, sh- that like the Sims have requested the cheese puffs, but it's the investors who who need to taste them or something? I don't I don't I don't understand how that it doesn't make any sense at all. As as you've highlighted in Susan's like contradiction four lines later. And the, yeah. Susan is she instructs Trent to go and get her like his sister back. Um like she'll make more cheese puffs. He has to go and get Tina back. And then Trent is like she's in trouble. This will be awesome. And I, I mean, I understand that Tina's been tormenting him for the whole film, telling him he's got no imagination, um, which had to be solved by a talking cat, uh, which he took in such a sanguine fashion where he, he was like, literally just like, oh, this cat is talking to me. I have imagination. And then when he came back in and, and Tina said something nasty and he was like, you know, you can't hurt me anymore. It, like, I, th- I think that Trent, it, 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 I mean, because 
in the previous minutes, you know, yeah, he's, he's kind of down on himself and, and because of his constant torment, like you said. Yeah. But then in this moment, like when <laughs> when she sort of when there's a chance that Tina is going to be in trouble, he really he is just really happy about that. And I think, yeah, like Trent yeah. might be a sociopath like <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, I think, this person. <laughs> I think the funny thing it. is. Yeah, I, I, I think it, it reflects like the change that Duffy has brought upon him. Whereas before, like, if she was in trouble, maybe he would be concerned or maybe he would be indifferent. But now he's like, oh, this is going to be awesome. Tina's dangling Tina's dangling off the side of a cliff or something and Trent just laughs. <laughs> That's, and I think, I think, like, for all the lines where he's, like, sweet and all this kind of stuff, like, he is, like, smiling and happy and... It is. It is. I mean, I give it all to um, you know introducing Daniel Dennis. <laughs> he he has shown the change in in Trent, but he just seems to have made him into like a an evil sociopath, as you said. <laughs> this, this is the this is the real Trent, the one who was hidden. Yeah. And now he's yeah. now he's been released, and so they have yeah. to deal with it, that. It seems like the only imagination he had was to imagine being evil to his sister. <laughs> like that's when Susan and Phil met. Phil goes to the trouble of saying his full address. <laughs> so that was like the Chekhov's gun of this film is <laughs> Phil saying his name and then saying his full address. And then Susan goes, oh, that's a swanky part of town or whatever. Yeah. And then he starts saying his, like, it's it's one of those minutes where someone says something two or three times and then the other person remembers it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so this is one so, of the few times as well where like Susan saying, I have a pretty good idea. We then cut to what she's thinking about. Yeah. Which is, like, she's thinking about, oh, she he, she must be with Phil, and then that's what we see. Yeah, exactly. So then, so yeah, we cut to the the uh, exterior porn mansion. Uh, same shot that we probably see a couple times throughout the oh, film. Oh, we, yeah, we've seen it at least <laughs> at least four or five times by now, I think, it's, that one it's not as It's not as unmercifully long as some of the other uh, establishing shots are throughout the movie, thankfully. I think it's maybe no. like seven seconds or something, yeah. which, is still, <laughs> yeah. which is still pretty long, and, and but, you know, not as long. So then we cut inside, and, and Phil and Tina are by the oven, and Phil comments on how amazing the cheese puffs smell and this is the third time that the word cheese puffs is uttered <laughs> in this minute alone yeah and so it turns out that tina is actually doing what her mom has asked her to do except that she's doing it in someone else's house probably yeah. miles away from where they need her to be well given given how long it took susan to drive home um, from The Sims, which I, I assume that's where she was coming back from. This is just like a couple of minutes ago, wasn't it? Where she was, yeah. she was making that really, really, really long drive. But that, well, that brings up a whole, that brings up a whole nother question, which is, I mean, and I'm sure this has been commented on, but, but why? I, I, yeah, I mean, I think we commented on early on is like, okay, it's not outlandish for her to be cooking these things in her home kitchen. A lot of, a lot of, yeah. you know. Um, local and, and kind of startup businesses will run out of their own homes. But the fact that she has to drive home to pick up another batch <laughs> and she can only make yeah. one at a time, it yeah. seems like a really bad business model to, uh, I got to make this 45 minute drive home and then 45 <laughs> minute drive back. So in, in about two hours, I'll have some more cheese puffs ready for you. And, and the thing is as well, when you see uh, in an earlier minute where you see her taking the cheese puffs, she takes the cheese puffs out of the oven and she's packing them into the, like a silver tray. Yeah. 
there's only about like 20 cheese puffs <laughs> on that tray so she's only doing like a batch of 20 at a time <laughs> so i would imagine they're not gigantic so i would imagine she gets to like the meeting and if you've got say five investors they each have a couple of cheese puffs within a few minutes they're gone and then it's a 90 minute round trip to to get like a few more cheese <laughs> maybe, puffs. She, maybe she called ahead so, so that they would be yeah. ready but but here's the thing as well is when the cheese puffs are dropped and Phil is like, oh, I can buy some more cheese puffs, obviously because Phil is, you know, a capitalist and that's how he thinks. He's he's not about, he's just about, he can buy anything basically as we've seen in his house and then regret <laughs> buying it. He's, he's like, oh, I'll buy some more. And Susan emphasizes that she makes them by hand from scratch. And yet Tina is the one who has to make the replacement badge. So that was just a flat out lie. Like her anger, I could understand. But she was just lying. She uses her children as slave labor. Um, maybe, And you would think, and, and of course, she's also said she's losing money on these cheese puffs. Like her business, her business model is terrible. That's what I want to say. Yeah. Susan is uh, Dr. Brainwash from Exit Through the Gift Shop. She takes other people's work and passes it off as her own <laughs> and tries to make money off of it. So we have Tina. And she's not even making money. She's losing no. money on the cheese post. <laughs> exactly. So she's not, even, she's not even using that model. She's just basically <laughs> passing off Tina's work on these cheese puffs as her own. And that's how she's building her business. And that's not sustainable because eventually <laughs> Tina's going to leave to go to business college. That's why she uh, doesn't want her to go. Yeah. Do you know what? That hadn't occurred to me, but yeah, she that makes sense. She wants her to stay around the house so that she can continue to use her as yeah. free labor and, yeah. and make these cheese puffs. I mean, this is like a this is like a big eyes situation, isn't it? Here, yeah, this is exactly. A, she's like keeping her chained in the kitchen, which by the like the ultimatum before Tina left the house was: you're either grounded or you make these cheese puffs. <laughs> And I was like, that doesn't seem fair. That's that seems like an abuse of power, really. <laughs> but but couldn't but what if Tina was just like, Well, I'm grounded then and then just yeah. goes to her room. No cheese yeah. puffs. And and go and and bearing in mind it takes Tina like thirty five minutes just to read anything. So <laughs> if she's got like a pamphlet in there, she'd be occupied for days. And these artists and cheese puffs obviously have to be made one at a time. So <laughs> And what's funny what's funny though is then is when Tina actually like Phil is like those cheese puffs smell amazing and then the next line cracks me up because it's like it's my mom's recipe. You don't have the cheese she usually <laughs> uses, but it should be okay. Uh, she won't be as mad, and it's like, uh, what? It's like for like, so she's following her mom's recipe, but just ignoring the cheese part of the cheese puffs. So what is left of the recipe? I wonder what kind. Like, I wonder. Yeah, exactly. And what is is Phil commenting on the fact that they smell great because of the particular cheese that she's using? Would he hate the other kind yeah. that yeah. that uh, Susan makes? And I'm really curious about this recipe. Like, what kind of cheese does Susan <laughs> use, and what kind did they have to substitute? Because there's a yeah. wide variety of cheeses, and depending on what kind it is, really, really depends on if these cheese puffs are good or not. I mean, yeah. are they are they using like blue cheese crumbles in the ones that Tina's <laughs> making at Bill's house, or you know, is it like? A, like Munster or something? Yeah, I gotta believe that Phil has got some fancy cheese. I mean, I can only assume that much like he has like a, you know, he had the designer do the house, I have to feel that Phil's the kind of guy who will have like a personal shopper. 
like shopping for like his terrible clothes, but also like someone will be in charge of like getting Phil's food because otherwise he would never feed himself. Because as we know, he can't cook anything without burning it. Per- perfect, perfect segue into something I noticed, which I don't yeah. know if this is just bad uh, set decoration or using what was there, or if it's an actual callback. But the two oven mitts that she uses to pull the tray out of the oven are mismatched for one, but they look like they might both have serious burns on them. That might be a callback because the thing is, of course, when Phil burnt the waffles um, and he was coming out of the kitchen and waving the towel, yeah, like, his suggestion was, like, one, he can't cook, but also he was, like, going to buy a new waffle machine <laughs> with instructions. <laughs> so that, to me, suggests that he, like, the old waffle machine got damaged in some kind of way and maybe he tried to prize it open with those gloves. Or, like, I also wonder, I also, I, and I, if the movie did that, like, if it's an actual callback, then good for them. Them. But what I feel like yeah. it is, is that they probably shot this scene first. They they saw the burned oven mitts and on set, the director or somebody was like, oh, you know, that pro- that's funny because that's probably like how he probably burns other things, too. And they're like, oh, yeah, he probably <laughs> burned some waffles or something. Let's just let's just yeah. use that earlier. And they just shot that scene after the fact or something. That sounds plausible. Because, but the funny thing is, of course, is when he burns the waffles, as with The Sims, we never see the burnt waffles like there's no insert shot of like burnt waffles or anything it's just phil walking backwards out of a door that could be or could not be the kitchen i don't know because we never see that room he just exits from a door waving a towel and and with the foley work of the uh of the like the alarm we're expected to believe that he's burnt something but we never see the evidence so yeah it could it does seem like they've just like oh just pretend that he burnt something but it seems as well that they were trying to make phil not being able to cook like like a trademark thing yeah um like Like, that that was like a character trait was like he's so (laughs) i don't know i i because to me it's it's it smacks of if you'd cast this character and he was like you know like on silicon valley like if he was like in his 20s or something and he can't cook because uh, all he does is code all day or like that's like the kind of that's that to me seems like the starting point of what the character is meant to be yeah but then they like cast johnny whittaker and they were just <laughs> like uh, okay yeah this guy has been at a computer company for a number of years and made a ton of money it's like it seems like to me they may have rewritten the script in parts just to fit what was going on yeah and also like obviously there's a filler of people walking up and down stairs and in and out rooms and <laughs> so like i feel like someone realized you know maybe they were short a plot and they were like yeah just stick like a minute of a phil walking out of a kitchen waving a towel and you know and then later on when we've got the burnt oven gloves yeah that'll that'll do in terms of the style of this film as well like these two scenes are kind of unique in that we have people sharing the screen <laughs> yeah which you would think would not be that rare an occurrence in a film. Like, up until this point, like, you can count on one hand the amount of times you've had two characters in the scene who actually share space. And yet here we've got, you know, in quick succession, we've got we've got Trent and Susan sharing space. And then we've got Phil and Tina sharing space. And, you know, we're getting both locations. Yeah, exactly. Four out of the six characters, you know, so we're getting, there's a lot going on in this minute. Uh, not just plot-wise. So then uh, Tina pulls the cheese puffs out, um, and then Phil asks if she told Susan that she was coming here, and our minute ends on a cliffhanger because Tina very reluctantly says, oh, uh, yeah, sure, sure. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so (laughs) that leaves us to set up for the next episode, 
exactly what's going to happen. And obviously, things are probably not going to go um, exactly like Duffy wants them to. But no. <laughs> but it's it's funny because actually um, it's rare in this film that um, scenes kind of make sense following each other. Again, that should not be a difficult thing to do. But the yeah. setup of, T- of Trent and Susan wanting to know where Tina is, which leads into the reveal of Phil and Tina being at the porn mansion. And then we know that Susan has already revealed she has a good idea of where she is contradicting herself. But still, that's that's the end. Yeah. Of Su- that's the end of the scene with Susan is she has a pretty good idea. So as a viewer, you're thinking, oh, Susan must be on her way. Yeah. So there's actually there's actually um, like somewhat decent filmmaking in this in this minute. Yeah. Yeah. Except except that it doesn't it doesn't necessarily play out that way. Oh no, Spoiler no, not alert. at all. But like <laughs> if you think about I mean obviously, you know, we're analyzing it a bit too much, but if you think about it, yeah, this this like they're setting up something about Susan and Trent going to find Tina. The fact that Phil calls it out and he's like, "Oh, you did tell" And I think Phil asking that question is more him wondering if he's going to see Susan again. So I think maybe he's more concerned about, oh, is she going to come over? Am I going to get to see her again? You know, because, you know, Phil loves Susan, apparently, after having a couple of glasses of water. That's all it takes. And (laughs) and you've got Phil. The fact that Tina is like being nice to him at this point is also holding out the hope of a reconciliation between him and Susan. I think that's, you know, that that's what that question is saying to me. Obviously, we might be reading too much into it, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I think I think every minute kind of reads a little bit too much into this movie. And I think it's interesting that they actually went to the trouble of setting up Tina leaving her phone at home. And then here they paid yeah. off with Susan dialing the phone and then doing the Foley work of hearing a, an off-screen phone ring. Again, it seems to be they've actually, by this point in the film... Someone must have done like six or seven drafts. I, I probably exaggerated one or two drafts of this film of this script, and actually managed to add some stuff in where they're like, "Look, if she takes her phone, then there's no need for the rest of like the next couple of minutes, because you know she'll just answer the phone and Susan will get mad at her. But if she's left her phone behind, which she did very deliberately, but it's funny that like Tina leaving her phone behind is like is the crime, you know, is like that's the thing that that she's going to get in trouble for, and that Trent is like salivating over that the. the the punishment that will be meted out <laughs> so somebody somebody did actually write this movie <laughs> well someone gets like i think the wga mandate someone gets a credit for it so <laughs> there's some there's some thought going on i mean there's a little thought in like the mobile phone thing and there's a little thought in you know maybe those burnt gloves but at the same time, there's the contradictions of Tina just putting any old cheese in the cheese puffs, even though her <laughs> mom's got this recipe and he's always going on about like the specifics of how she makes the cheese puffs and how that's the selling point. And then Tina's just like, yeah, just use whatever cheese is around. It'll be fine. No one cares. They're essentially appetizers for proper food that so, people want to eat. I get, And before we wrap up, I guess that that's a good that's a good question, too, is is. So she's doing essentially what her mom is asked her to do. She's making the cheese puffs. Yeah, that uh, was the demand. She hopes. Yeah, yeah that she was hopes the demand. She won't be as mad. But then, but then she's making them at Phil's house. So is she just gonna walk back through the woods to her place to drop them off, 
or uh, I don't know what the plan is. I th- I mean I th- I think um, maybe she's just thinking that you know she'll put them on a plate, she'll cover them up, and then just like take them back home. I don't know because I don't know if these cheese puffs have to be hot or if they have to be cold. Like I don't know. Like I don't know how you serve them. I don't know. If you serve as much them. of the yeah, as much of the plot hinges on the the existence of these cheese puffs. Yeah. We don't know we don't know enough about them. It is it is weird that we we have I mean three mentions of it in this scene. So I don't know if they if they're maybe just room temperature or if they've cooled off or if those those foil trays should retain a little bit of the heat. I would think. Um, I don't know. It's just it's really weird because yeah, I don't know what Tina's plan is because. Uh, you know, her mom was like, make some more cheese puffs, which she's done in a stranger's house, essentially. I think I think the they missed a, a grand opportunity for those who actually bought the DVD that they did not include a recipe yeah. inside the DVD as like a little insert or just even even put that over the credits. I mean, <laughs> I would be I'd be OK with pausing to write that recipe down. Well, well, well I mean, where would you put it, though? Would you put it after like Christine DeBell's credit? Like, sure, yeah. just have it run alongside the other credits. <laughs> just run at a different speed. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand what Tina's plan is at this point. She knows that her mom's not going to be happy with her because she like ran off into the woods with what was essentially a stranger, a man that she'd known all of two <laughs> minutes, and who would, whose only task that she's seen is he dropped a tray of cheese puffs. Um, and that's it. I'm going to go off with this. <laughs> I'm going to go off into the woods with this clumsy oaf. <laughs> yeah. and and hang out at his giant mansion. That's not weird. Whose um, who's, 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 who's resignation magically appeared on my computer and took me, <laughs> like, I don't know, what was it, half an hour to read? You know, like, it, 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 it's, in fact, it's weird because if they'd have put more information on CodeMonkeyTimes.com about Phil, like a bit more colour, rather than just I'm retiring to spend time with my son... Yeah, it would have actually made Tina following Phil a bit more credible if they'd have put like a bit more information in that because then you could be like, oh well, like you know, if she'd have been able to read like his Wikipedia article, then he wouldn't be a complete stranger because she would know like the business that he worked for and how successful he was. Instead, he's just this guy. <laughs> all she know- all she knows is that. <laughs> Is that this guy is unemployed and he wants to hang out with a young guy? I mean, yeah. So I like under. I guess because obviously it's a kids' film. Like the implications that we're reading into it, I guess aren't there. But yeah, if you put it just as you know, seventeen-year-old girl follows, you know, um, I don't know what age for this. I'm not, I mean, fifty-year-old man, sixty-year-old man into the woods. Like that. That sounds. That sounds like the setup for a horror film more than uh, like a kids' movie. <laughs> Tina's made some cheese puffs using a different type of cheese, and she's got <laughs> Phil's attention, which is you know that's the setup for the next minute. There you go. I, like uh, I think in terms of like the action, this is kind of it's. I mean, I, a lot of minutes are transitional minutes, but I think that there's like a two solid parts of this minute where we're getting. Trent's glee at the possibility that Tina's going to be in trouble, which is like the first 40 seconds of this thing. And then that sets us up with Tina and, and Phil. Uh, and I think for the next kind of five, six minutes, that is, that's the driving, you know, that's the, that's the A plot. Uh, and then the B plot is something a whole lot saucier. 
<laughs> and we'll and we'll definitely get to that very soon. Well, that has been our minute. I would like to thank my guest Darren. Thank you very much. I'm sure you'll be on a few more episodes and have fun editing all of these. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes to both. And I want to thank you guys out there for listening. Hopefully you'll join us for the next minute because it's about to get very crazy on a talking cat. Yes, thank you for listening. Please remember to check us out on SoundCloud slash A-Talking-Cast, on Twitter at A Talking Cast, on Facebook at Facebook slash A Talking Cast, and check us out on iTunes. Be sure to subscribe to us on there too, please, and leave us a nice review if you would. Thanks, guys. It's Bye. Minute by minute. That's so they'll be diving in to shed some clarity on this hilariously failed attempt. So grab a friend and crack a beer with them and listen in. The talking cast is about to begin. That was episode 57 of A Talking Cast, the A Talking Cat podcast that nobody ever asked for. Your host was Josh Hollis, with guest host Darren Husted, edited by Darren Husted, music by Casey Trimble, voiceover by John Kowaleski, artwork by Josh Hollis, executive producers Sarah Cantor and Darren Husted. Copyright 2015, all rights reserved. This podcast is not affiliated with Rapid Heart Productions. A Talking Cat is owned by Rapid Heart Productions. No infringement is intended. We all miss you, Linda Ahers.